0: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim
1: Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au It's time to cast
2: off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating, the great outdoors. And it hasn't been so much the great outdoors for those in northern Queensland, Redmond, actually more. I scrapped that. Southern end of Queensland, top end of New South Wales, and we're now seeing flooding in Sydney, some incredible images of places that just haven't flooded before, That that are underwater um clearly the fishing affected but much more than that human life significantly impacted quite extraordinary to see the images we're seeing out of both queensland which has been the last few weeks aaron and this week out of sydney harbour
0: it's literally mind-blowing like you don't actually believe (laughs) what's happening like it's you look at the photos and you saw it's sort of like uh, sorry look at the videos on the news and that you sort of that oh, that's overseas somewhere or this and that, but no, it's literally in Australia. And you, you sort of—I uh, don't know how you—you you sort of uh, perceive the bushfires part. Now we had them pretty close to home down here a few years ago, and driving through Eden and towards Eden and that that season, you could sort of got to feel how bad it was. But being so far away from it until you actually see. The photos and the videos of what's actually happening until it actually feels real. Like people talk about it, and you're like, "Oh, you sort of blow it off a little bit," but then you you actually see people out there putting markers twelve meters up on light poles of where the water was sitting. Was houses washed out like completely nothing? Like like fridges moved to the other sides of the house. The other side of the houses like just purely from the water pressure. Like incredible, incredibly scary. And I know this isn't on the same. On the same par as up north what you're talking about the queensland into that sydney region but bermagui where i was last week or the week before i should say we copped a bit of rain there and it was like the oval had a bit of water on it whatnot now they're getting the bottom of that of that uh front they're getting the i guess just the edge of it now they've had rain for like 48 hours long i think it's longer during the week now that oval, now where we had water on it, has now got kayakers paddling all over that over the Burmee oval, where where we right where we were staying, and the roads are flooded. Like it's, and that's not even a snippet of what is happening up north, but to to actually be able to sort of see it in, to to picture it in your own head of what's actually happening, to then try and compare it to up north. Uh, I don't think we'll have – fingers crossed we don't ever see it again in our lifetime, but it's uh yeah it's pretty bloody scary, Pat. Well,
2: it wasn't that that was that's been the contentious issue around. I think it was Barnaby Joyce talking about how it's a one-in 3,500-year uh, event. Oh, but we had, it, we had it 10 years ago as well. So, you know, <laughs> like seeing the images of Lismore. And, and then the incredible images of there was Mick Fanning and a, a whole heap of other Aussies, obviously, um, you know, carting people in jet skis from, you know, bringing supplies in to pulling them off rooftops. Some incredible examples of human spirit. Maritime Safety Queensland now, Redmond, has kicked off their incredibly difficult task of um, reuniting boats with owners, jet skis that have been swept away in the floodlands. So if you're an owner, essentially the the message is send the rego number and ID plates to identify your boats to see at tmr.gov.au because simply they've been carted in some cases, you know, up to 100 kilometres away from, you know, yeah. where they initially were moored or stored. It's just a massive, a massive impact for, for family owners, but this is a boating and fishing show. for boat owners, a lot of these boats are going to be, they're not salvageable. So, you're not going to be able to replace me either because the, the market at the moment is just crazy.
0: And once again, a lot of people don't have insurance back. Like you, I think you're silly if you don't have insurance, but a lot of people don't have insurance. And they were
2: saying that it's up to 28 grand a year in some of those places because of the significant challenges that, yeah, yeah, you know, insurance poses 28 grand a year.
0: It's absurd. Well, not that I'm laughing this in a funny way. It's mind blowing, but literally the, 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 the the topic here is have you lost your boat or pontoon with a question yeah. mark? Like that puts a bit of reality to it. Like have you lost your boat or pontoon? Like who loses their boat or a pontoon? Like, these- did
2: you see the houseboat running down the Brisbane River That I did, yeah. Like that was just insane. Incredible to see the power of um, these floodwaters. So it's been amazing if to see.
0: To, if you were to move up north, Pat, due to the, the fact of these floods and whatnot, and I know it's a little bit different, like Lismore and a little bit different. Like, there's a lot of I follow a lot of social media. I guess uh, fishermen, sorry, fishermen on social media that live in the canals in Queensland and live in some beautiful places. But like the the risk of flooding happening. Oh. So like, would you would you buy in that? Would like would it cross your mind? I'm not, I'm not buying it. Like I'm well, not buying it. It has to now. It
2: certainly makes you reevaluate where you live. But as someone that loves water. Like that's the whole purpose of of life. You wanna spend as much time on, on it as you can, but all of a sudden these these one in every three and a half thousand year events that are happening every decade.
0: Do you reckon the price market of a of a house on the canal with million dollar ocean views and water views is now gonna be worth like two hundred grand?
2: <laughs> From, well, it's it, it's a it's a great point because it's great to live in those spots until you, you're you're the, the recipient of, you know, extraordinary flooding. So Incredible to see and bloody unfortunate for those living in, in, in that pl- part of the country. Let's get on to a bit of boating and fishing news. Suzuki's released their new 250-horsepower range Redmond. Um, new colour scheme with what they're running with, black and white. It's, uh, it's never been done before. Um, but there's some excitement around this release. Digital pro pedal foot throttles, for those that love bass fishing, going to be less relevant in Australia quite clearly, but for the um, for the SCOS in us or particularly Americans, it's going to go down a treat.
0: Yeah, well, they've got a redesigned lower gear unit, which is going to, I think that's massive in in the boating market and fishing market for someone like myself who wants whole shot performance. Pat, it's one thing; it's going to give you a lot of like a lot of without you having, lift. Yeah. yeah, Without having to do a lot of prop work, it's going to give you that benefit from there already, So, which is great to see. One thing that I don't understand, it says it has an asymmetrical skeg, and I asked you off air, what does that mean? You go, well, it's the same either side. I'm like, I understand that, but wasn't the same either side anyway. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, you're from Suzuki. Perhaps we
2: need to get someone on from Suzuki exactly and talk about what an asymmetrical skeg is looks it? like.
0: In circles, if it was, if it wasn't, Pat.
2: <laughs> now the twenty twenty two Sydney Boat Show, Redmond, it's been locked in. Will be challenging for for quite a few manufacturers simply to get stocking. Quite clearly, that they're planning for this, but it is one of the great boat shows.
0: Oh yeah, it's uh, super. I, I I hope it goes ahead, Pat. As bad as it sounds, or as dumb as it sounds, I just hope it goes ahead. They say it a lot. They say saying it's locked in. I'll never say anything's locked in until this COVID stuff's going away because I just – I really hope for the actual industry in itself, the marine industry, that it does go ahead. Uh, I don't know. I know you'll be playing a bit of footy at the time, but uh, I might end up at the boat show. You might end up coming up for a couple of days if you're playing in Sydney at the time or if you can score a Saturday off, we might shoot up there because it is – would you say it's Australia's best – it is Australia's best boat show, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, Queensland have, have a terrific show as well, but the beauty of – of Sydney is the proximity to water, yeah, and that and that's the same for Queensland. But yeah, there's nothing quite like it. It's not the Miami Boat Show because that's no. that's you know that's a world class event. But in terms of Australian launches, it's it's pretty damn good. Um, the ability to to see on water and, and test boats.
0: Your prediction on uh, this is this is a good question. I'm pretty happy with this one, Pat. Your prediction on who will be there and who won't be there, but not actually specifically on what brands. Do you think we're going to see many people say yes to this due to the uh, demand on stock? Like a lot of people go there to sell boats. That's the whole point of a boat show. Are we going to see, for example, Staysart, or uh, they are they going to rock up with 60 boats because they, they physically can't keep up with the demand right now? We're, we're, we're years off seeing, I guess, it balancing back out to being able to get a boat in a, in a normal amount of time.
2: It's a great question because – as you said, you have a boat show to promote uh, sales. At the yep. moment, there is no manufacturer that needs to, pr- to promote sales. They're trying to keep up with demand. Demands.
0: It's not cheap for a floor space, Pat. Like I know no. Geelong Marine World, Jake, I know by the time, a friend of mine, and by the time millions of dollars they're spending, sorry, millions of dollars of stock on the floor they're having. Yeah. Like he needs to sell a million dollars plus of boats to pay for your
2: sixty, eighty, hundred grand stand,
0: yeah. Oh, so, yeah. and plus the boys that are there working and the girls that are working, like it's you.
2: Yeah, the it's overheads a, are enormous, exactly. and, and the 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 payoff is sales. But at the moment, most major manufacturers are looking at six to eight months. I
0: they don't even tell water. I don't think like, there's anyone left on the in, in Australia that haven't bought a boat. So no <laughs> <know> to, <laughs> got a boat anyway. So it's well, interesting one. I just hope for the marine game. Uh, it does go ahead, same as the Melbourne, same as in South Australia, same as WA, wherever we are, I just hope they all go ahead because we love getting there and meeting some people, saying good g'day and just purely talking fishing, isn't it?
2: Exactly. Now, your week in fishing, Redmond, yep.
0: how's it been? It's been off the back
2: of the Bermagui trip, which was phenomenal, but it was also mixed with phenomenal swell that you encountered up there and some of the vision of some boats that decided to, to brave the entrance in Five to six meter swells it was quite extraordinary to see, and I'm sure as hell glad that you didn't take my uh, boat through that.
0: that would be my next question for you: Did you think I was one of those one of those blokes trying to get out by any
2: chance? I no. Well, given the fact that you'd had your pacemaker, I was like, I, I was confident he's had enough done to his body. He actually doesn't need to go through six meter swells at the moment. Had you not had your pacemaker inserted? I have no doubt that you would have gone through that. So I was you're thankful lucky. that
0: you're lucky. The bottle of Jamo came out the night before. That's all I can say. It wasn't the pacemaker. It was the hangover the next day. But it was uh, it was now, extraordinary because I'm taking this back. I'm I've got to cop this on the chin. It's safe to say because I think a couple of weeks ago you and I, I think I got stuck into the East Coast scene, mate. They get four to six meters of swell, and they're just scared of it. You me. did. I you did. The swell of Apollo Bay. Well, yeah, I, I'm a pussy in itself because I didn't go out in that four to six minute swell. Because when you see those bar, bar crossings that you've got to see and you've got four meter waves breaking over the top of them, not even your 750 hardtop was going to get me through there because it was. <laughs> I watched the day one, a couple of the boats didn't go out. Day two, it sort of settled a bit. There wasn't any wind on it, but uh, it settled. But, mate, I watched two boats go out. The first one got out and he got to the back waves, which I don't think he expected to be there. And that broke. And I don't know if you uh-huh. see the footage of it. It literally broke. Yeah. Like, oh God, I'm sitting there on a cliff going oh, shit, he's gone. Like he is gone here. I'm watching it. And I saw it unfolding before he did. I'm because I can he's got a waves to contend to. I'm up high. So I can see him coming. I'm like, that third one's big boys. Like, that's coming. And then I'm like, oh, you've got to, you've got to get out of that spot you're in. And it, it, it broke. And it, it's lucky for him, it fattened up and pushed back through. So it was it was not too bad. But um, it was great to see that. the swell up the east coast firsthand because i've never really seen it before like that down there and uh it's a different swell to what we get i'll admit that now it's a little bit different but it's it's so close together it does a different it has a different way to move but uh anyway it was a fantastic trip we had all in all we got some good fish we got blown off the water a lot the swell come up we got a lot of rain pat a lot of rain uh, but it's yeah one of those uh, one of those trips that we enjoy every year. We'll continue to do so. And, and you uh, went prawning on the on the yeah, Friday. That that yeah. was awesome. We come we come back we come back day a bit earlier whatever it was. And I said to the boys. A good friend of ours, Joel Ryan, who you probably – a lot of the guys in the marlin industry would have heard of Joel. He's a very good fisherman. And Joel's been uh, staying down in Lake uh, – in um, I call it Me Tongue. It's Men tongue, but Me Tongue. He's been staying in Me Tongue, and he was down there getting prawns. And I gave him a call, and he said, mate, lake tyres everywhere. And I'm thinking – like I'll be honest with you, I, I get a lot of reports off people where fish are, and I go there and I never catch anything. And I'm going, <laughs> like, goes, Aaron, I'm telling you, mate, you literally go there and you'll get whatever you, want, as many as you want. As many, I'm like, yeah, uh. I'm going to the boys. What do you think? And he's sending videos through. Like it took a lot of convincing. Not and not nothing to do with Joel. It was to do with the fact that I get put a, a little bit of mayo sometimes from the boys.
2: Yes, fair enough.
0: Down there, and we bought. We literally went to the tackle store. We bought two pointing lights. We bought two nets. It was quite cheap. It was probably cheaper to buy the prawns, to be honest with you, because it cost us about $300. <laughs> but we went prawning. The and- experience. Oh, the experience. You know what? Well, I got so excited for this. I actually hadn't been that excited for a long time. We were literally walking around in knee-deep water just under, just at the front of the Lake Tyres pub. Literally, when I say out the front, like you literally can order a jamo from where you're standing in the water. That's how close we were. And we'll just as many as you want. Not a
2: word. And a of great a- thing to do with your family as well, oh. isn't it?
0: And I said to Joel, I said to Joel, I said, mate, how many people are you told? I said, there's 500 people down there. And he goes, I've been going during the week. I've only had a handful. I said, oh, without exaggerating, Joel, I said, there would be 100 families here doing this. So it was great to see. And trust me, there is no shortage of prawns. And I was speaking to Lee Rayner on the phone because Lee gave I had to double up on the news from Lee to make sure they were there too. <laughs> Lee down there late of the And I said to Lee – I said, to, I said to Lee, we're going to get them. He said, yeah, you'll get them. And he goes, mate, if you go down there, they grow so fast prawns and the lake's so healthy that whatever yeah. you get now, they're going to be not quite double, but double in size of what they are now. Like, And I'm like, really? He goes, mate, they won't quite be. He goes, they'll just be under. He goes, But and we got some really good-sized prawns. Good size. But he also said that the best is still yet to come as well. So as it gets a little bit colder, they push out from the deep into the warmer water, and more, they'll just keep coming for a long time. So until it – that gets fully flushed out late like Tires. The prawn industry there for recreational angu- anglers is just second to none. So you, if you are looking for something to do in the holidays leading up to the Easter or whatnot, Lake Tires. Grab yourself a prawn light, a net, and a bucket, and get down there. And literally, oh, they were so tasty as well to eat. We had them. We I had them nearly every day for a week. We had them in. I think we had a chili prawn uh, pasta. We had just normal prawns, garlic prawns, you name it, we had it. So make sure you do get down there to late Tyres if you want to grab yourself some prawns.
2: This is Real Adventures. We've got a huge show coming your way this morning. We'll see you after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time to find out what's biting in your part of the country. We're going to head to New South Wales Clearly, there's been huge challenges around the flooding and the incredible rains uh, that the state has felt. But there's still some places to get some fish.
0: Yeah, there is, Pat. And we, like we said earlier in the show, we sort of we didn't have the, the best weather, but it was much worse this week just gone with the rain and weather. So there hasn't been a lot of boats out fishing out of that Birmingham region. But those who got out in between, sort of when I got home to the start of the rain, they got some beautiful marlin still. So the, the marlin is still there if you can get out. Uh, the Botany Bay Fads are holding some really good dolphin fish out wide pat, so they're, they're doing their thing. And there's some really nice port hacking brim being landed uh, on prawns. You can't speak of late tyres and prawns. Grab yourself on the way through and stop at port hacking because the brim – and they're thumping brim, like 40-centimetre brim. So they are being fishing really, really well.
2: How would you thread those on when you're fishing for brim? Like you're cutting them in half,
0: or using them live –
2: what would you recommend when fishing for uh, brim for them?
0: Patrick, what's a brim? Oh, sorry, um, brim. Uh, geez, <laughs> I like to uh, – no, I, do, I have caught a fair few brim on prawns, and a, a good place that I did catch uh, brim on prawns was uh, just uh, down in Marlow, down in the lakes down off Marlow there. And we, what we were doing was purely we were catching our own prawns down there, and then we were just actually threading it with a bait keeper hook so you've actually yep. got, the, you've got the little uh, prongs that stick out the side of the hook, little barbs, and actually so so the prawn doesn't slide up and then the other way it can't slide off. And then exposing the hook out through the inside of the prawn, so with the curve of the actual prawn in itself. So yep. it's not so much like your whiting fishing where you're trying to get that aerodynamic sort of act where you're trying to stop it from spinning. You're trying to more get it out there. So because the brim, they'll come in with their teeth and actually pick at it a bit where yep. they so, so you want to actually have that hook exposed as much as possible. And another way, great way to catch these brim, I know I've said the prawns work well, but those cranky crabs, like to me, they're too realistic to be too good to be unreal. But they're unreal. They are literally an unreal lure to use. So uh, I spoke to uh, young Judy Reef, Paul Worsling's son, and he's been getting some tremendous brim out of uh, out of the uh, I guess the Mar- sorry out of Martha Cove near his house. And cranky crabs have just been dynamite for him. So, and I know they work. Right around the country on all brim, so make sure you do grab yourself some of them if you are heading to chase to chase some big brim.
2: South Australia tuna out of Marion Bay have been in great numbers when the leather uh, when the weather has allowed fishermen to get out. Port Hughes fishing super well for whiting and calamari redmond.
0: Yeah, it is, and it's only going to get better in this sort of coming into that April, uh, into the month of April, and this is my favourite time for your whiting calamari now. Uh, summer same as. Same as back home here, South Australia is a very similar fishery in a way, and uh, it, it, it sort of gets left behind. Pat, as you know, like the tuna run, the kingfish run, the sharks, where your whiting stuff get left behind. And as we see this water taper down, we're going to start to see people start to chase whiting and your calamari and whatnot a bit more. And like I said, that water dip, the water change is crucial for these fish. As in, like oh, they are there now and fishing well, but they will get better and better. So make sure you do. In Port Hughes, not just Port Hughes, Tumby Bay, I read a good report. I was going to pop it in today, but I didn't because I had it in last week. Fish over 50 centimetres. I saw Kangaroo Island fish over 50 centimetres during the week. So South Australia is the home to big King George whiting uh, on an all-round basis. So make sure you do get over there. Queensland, Harvey Bay. Uh, I don't know. I've actually never caught one of these species of tuna, Pat, but Harvey Bay, a massive run of long-tailed tuna. Have you ever caught a long-tailed tuna?
2: Yeah, I have. Yep, yep. Yes, you have. How big well, back back in the day, when uh, traveling up around the eastern seaboard in two thousand two with the family. Yeah. Um. Yeah, great. Well, at the time, I was twelve years old.
0: Do you remember eating it by any chance? So they eat. No. It. No. They don't. I was. No. That was I, I saw in the uh, report that I've read for this one here on social media uh, the tuna. It, they cut it up and it looked bloody terrific. Like I'm not a massive tuna eater by all means, but it looked very exactly the same as yellowfin. It look, I don't know if it's to do with the water temperature or whatnot up there being warmer, but it looked like a really clean bit of meat. So uh, yeah, let us know if you've eaten longtail tuna because I'd be interested to see how it actually compares to southern bluefin as well as yellow, uh, as in yellow uh, yellowfin tuna as well. Uh, the Spanish mackerel run out of the Gold Coast has been tremendous. Divers, but another really good method to target these now it depends on the currents and where you work at your fishing. But something you and I have both done that's worked well for us is actually floating unweighted pilchards back once you find them. So, when you work out where they are, or if you're fishing some sort of structure, uh, you can actually feed your pillies unweighted on balloons, or get them if you know they're there, you can feed it down and sort of control the depth by stopping your pilly as it goes down, then let it pull it back up and let it fall because they really like it as it falls. And these fish will come up from the bottom and smash these pillies as they're falling down in not a worry in the world and then probably do 64 jumps out of the water about 100 metres high. So they're a pretty cool fish to chase, and they're fishing really, really well out of the Gold Coast. Uh, WA, Pat?
2: Yeah, fishing out of Xmouth for billfish has been sensational, Redmond. The only drama at the moment, though, is getting past the huge number of sharks, which, let's be honest, that's that's a bit of an issue right throughout Western Australia. Um and continues to be a, a bit of a topic of debate around deer cull sharks given the the huge numbers of them they clearly impact the fishing and especially out of somewhere like Exmouth where there is terrific game fishing and you get great billfish whether it's sailfish or or marlin alike but the sharks get there pretty quickly so that's that's the challenge you've got to get it in you want to get them in fast, but you also want to actually bring the fish in and have it on the end of the hook by the time you get there, and you can't you can't push them too difficult.
0: We've dragged on the report a little bit, so I'll fly through the last couple, Patrick. Poor Tassie's only going to get a second or two, but the snapper fishing out of Fremantle has been sensational with bag limit captures, Pat, like and big fish, like proper big fish. And I know you said last year, I reckon, that with South Australia having the ban and whatnot, the way Perth's fishing is it nearly the capital of the snapper fishery at the moment because it, you said it last year or the year before, it is a red hot for snapper, like red hot. And you, you're getting a lot of five to eight kilo fish. Like they're a bit bigger than our average fish here in Port Phillip Bay. So very interesting, the snapper fishery out of uh, out of Fremantle at the moment. Tassie, massive blue spot flood out of Orford during the week on plastics and squid. Your favourite, the Australian salmon out of Ironport, casting small metals doing pretty much the damage, but let's be honest, once you find those schools of salmon, they're pretty much going to eat any.
2: (laughs) you use a Coke can and you'll catch
0: them. (laughs) Literally, chuck a spanner on the end of the hook. Fishing the tomb late late in the afternoons, Uh, rainbow trout have been red hot. Plastics, again, being dynamite. But I think the crucial thing there is uh, Tassie's probably at its hottest at the moment afternoon's your key getting that low yeah 100 so your early morning late afternoon is uh, probably going to be your, your, where you want to be fishing with your plastics and that is the whip around pat that's what's biting in your part of the country
2: it's time for the social club we take your questions from social media uh if you want to get in contact with aaron or i ask us a question about literally anything fishing boating or the great outdoors then make sure you send in uh, a direct message to our social channels whether it be Facebook or Instagram, or better yet, download our Real Adventures app. First question is from Sean. What, if any, are the benefits of getting up early, in brackets, I work shift work and sleep in on my days off, uh, of getting up early to chase the tuna if they aren't biting till mid-morning? Cheers, guys. Love the show. Sean. Now, Redman, a lot of your reports have been uh, we hit it early and then it wasn't till sort of – 10 o'clock and onwards that the fish came up and started to bite so what are the benefits of getting up early and assessing the fishery i may have given the answer away there
0: oh you spot that's pretty much the answer you just need to fish to what's happening so you need to understand that fishing isn't about fishing all day for a species of fish you can fish smart and you can catch so many different types of fish so when you say midday the reason that they might be they might be fighting mid sorry mid morning. A uh, biting at mid morning is it might be that tide change that we're following, Pat. It might be the bigger run of tide there. It might be it's something something's triggering that bite time. So what we're going to do, say for the tuna, if we're going to see that early morning's getting the bite, yes, it's probably worth getting up early. But if early morning's getting a few fish, but that tide at eleven o'clock, we're off that full moon. If that's when the bite's going to be at its best then that's when we're going to probably try and target it. And there's no point getting up early. Another way to approach it, if you've got really calm weather coming, getting up early is really good to go because during the day, the boat traffic gets worse and the fish tend to not bite. Where if it's going to be a bit rougher during the day, you're going to have the boat traffic there. So therefore, going not so early you could have you, have you sleeping for till, till nine o'clock get up and fish that lunchtime period or that lunchtime tide and once again you're probably going to get fish so it's about fishing less boat traffic fishing those tides and it doesn't necessarily mean tuna like he said it could be king george whiting or any other species uh that, you, that you're chasing right around the country
2: that was the social club make sure you engage in the conversation each and every week send us a direct message Uh, and we'll do our best to get back to the questions that you send in. Plenty more real adventures after the break. Gearing up for Dometic. Dometic Patrol, an icebox with a sense of adventure. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Mobile living made easy. Dometic. It's time for gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic and Travis Dowling, the CEO of Fisheries. Vic is in the house this morning. Good morning, Trav.
1: Good morning, Danger. Good morning, Red. Lovely to uh, join you, lads.
2: Now, we love having you on because generally when we talk to you, we talk about where you've been stocking 10-pound trout and how (laughs) can we get there early to catch them before anyone else. But what's planned for for 2022? Every year is a big year with Vic Fisheries. Um, You do a wonderful job stocking different water rays um, right around the state. What have you got in store for us?
1: Look, Danger, this is going to be a massive year for us because we're really accelerating out of COVID. And, uh, and we've had a lot of, um, a lot of angling clubs and a lot of events that were disrupted by COVID that are all back and running. And if the weather gods can be kind to us, um, you're going to find that just about every weekend between now and Christmas, that there is something on across Victoria for fishes. And, now, leaving aside the fact we're stocking 10 million fish across every puddle around Victoria, um, you couple that with the Vic Fish Kids events that are happening, the Hooked On events that are happening, um, the Women and Rec Fishing events that are happening, there is just so much. And I'll give you just a bit of a sample of it. So this weekend we, we kick off last weekend we had our Murray Codference conference in Shepparton where we um we had over 200 people attend and get lots of free stuff and hear about fishing for Murray Cod. This weekend, we've got Hooked on Lakes Entrance at Lakes. So if you're looking at it being down in Gippsland Way over the long weekend, I mean, really get along. It's a free event. Uh, there's uh, cooking demonstrations. There's fishing clinics for the kids. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of different things down there, and it's all free. Um, so that's this weekend. And then we've got the Snobs Creek Open Day coming up. We've got Hooked on Portland coming up in April, which for all the tuna lovers are going to be absolutely mad about that. Then we've got things like Vic Fish Kids in Bendigo in May, um, Trout Fest in Eilden, uh mid-May, and the list goes on and on.
2: Can I take you back to the Snobs Creek opening day? This is a, this is a fascinating one because Snobs Creek, for those unaware, is where the breeding program, or well, the vast majority of it, Trav, takes place. So the doors are open to, to come and – and see how it all happens, how it takes place, and what the process behind stocking your favourite waterways and your local fisheries, how how it goes about.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Danger. And I'll say for many of us when we were kids, and still now, um, there is a fascination with how fish are grown, how they're produced. And if you love fishing, you love being around fish. So the idea that you can go there and see all the ponds and where they're being raised and you can get to feed some fish and you can see how they're incubated. And there's a couple of wonderful, exciting things happening there. Not only are we doing brown trout, chinook trout and rainbow trout, tr- chinook salmon and rainbow trout, but we're now getting into really big Macquarie perch and trout cod.
0: Trav, just got a question. It's, it's on topic, but it's off topic a little bit. Have you ever thought, well, you would have thought about it, but, somehow releasing some sort of saltwater fish into saltwater.
1: Oh, now, absolutely.
0: Now, where does that go? Like, is it, is it is it a dumb question? Is it a big question? No, is it possible?
1: No, it's not a dumb question at all. And uh, what we've done through buying out most of the netting and the bays and inlets around Victoria is we've created now the opportunity for us to stock those inlets with saltwater species without anglers feeling that they might be ripped off because the netters are just going to get in there and take all the fish Damn. out there. Yeah, that their wrecked fishing licence fees are paid for. So we've already commenced a really strong estuary perch stocking program. We kicked off with Mulloway in Lake Tyres a couple of years ago. We're doing Dusky Flathead in the Gippsland Lakes. And we want to get to a point where we're stocking black brim there. But the future for us looks like kingfish.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting to see how the kingfish go because obviously following currents and the way they move, yeah, that's very interesting to see how, how it works.
1: Yeah. Trav,
2: let's talk women in fishing because typically for, for such a long period of time, it's been a really male-dominated sport and pastime. That's changed over the the, the last few years with the, the Women in Fishing initiative, if you will, um, and it's topical because of International Women's Day uh, earlier in the week. Um, talk us through getting more females involved in the fishing industry?
1: Well, it's incredible what's happening at the moment with women in fishing. And uh, well well gone are the days where women accompanied their partners out fishing. Now it's women leading in this space. Four of our last Golden Tag winners um, have been women that have just been out fishing independently and absolutely smashing it. And look, I will say, you know, it's a a real um, good friend of ours, Dallas De Silva, who's now heading up fisheries in Queensland. He launched queensland women in fishing uh, on international women's day so we have this network that started in victoria with over three thousand women women talking to women about fishing and women in leadership roles now we have queensland taking off with dallas leading that space up there as well with the women uh in queensland but we've got um incredible leaders um in victoria who now work in the tackle industry and uh yeah they're just great
2: one of the other things that fisheries does is the satellite tagging program Um, and it's it's sometimes it's kingfish as aaron mentioned before it's whiting how do you how do you go about uh what to to put more effort into studying and can i leave that with can we talk a bit about mako satellite tagging
1: yeah absolutely and there, there's a lot of, I mean, what you love about fishing, there's a lot of different opinion amongst fishers about um, bag limits and size limits and sustainability and all of the things that people are interested with with fish. And so we look at the key sports fish, whether they're kingfish, whether they're makos, um, bronzies, we look at those key sports fish. And we go, what do we need to know about those fish to manage them better? So if we put tags in them, we can see where they move, we can get data on their breeding cycles, we can see when they might be vulnerable, but we also get a bit of a sense of population in terms of how many are moving around, and we get a lot of that feedback from fishers. And we're really lucky in Victoria, our fisheries are incredibly uh, um, healthy at the moment, and it's probably. The, we, we don't have any of our fisheries that are in decline, or any that we're significantly concerned of. So it's a wonderful space to be in.
0: I'm just going to take us back just one step to women in recreational fishing, Trav. Now, I you correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's a I believe if you are a woman listening to this right now, any ladies that are listening to this, there is a group chat on social media and whatnot that you can get involved in the conversation with these recreational leaders and uh, women. Uh, sorry, leaders from the recreational. W. Worth, uh, W I R F, that you can actually get into conversation, literally discuss everything that you want to talk to, and you're not going to feel uncomfortable or in a place where it's a male dominated conversation, are you, as well?
1: That's exactly right. So they're, uh, they have a uh, Facebook page, the Worth Group. So women in rec fishing they have a Facebook page, have an Instagram page, and it's women talking to women about fishing. And it's not all of the high level tackle talk about, you know, I had my Calcutta 3000 geared up. <laughs> <in the boat. laughs> Like it's, you know, it's women saying, look, you know, I went out and I bought a bag of prawns and I went down to the jetty in the Maribyrnong and I threw it in. I got six brim on Sunday and it was a really lovely experience, you know.
0: Well, one, one thing that I noticed, Pat uh, and um, Trav, was we were up in Bermagui, I know it was New South Wales, and, but the amount of women that were from Victoria chasing marlin. Up on the New South Wales coast it was just sensational. Like it was, they were involved in the chat on the radio. You could say, like I'm, like you'd say, a lady was on the rod or she was driving the boat. It is exciting to see so many, uh, I guess, females that are getting involved in the game as we speak. Trav, let's talk about best practice as an
2: industry. How much work do you uh, and research do you put in? with the other states and territories around how they're managing their own fisheries and, and, and what learnings do you take from that with our fisheries or does everyone stick to their own stable um, and worry about sort of what's in their own backyard?
1: No, look, we absolutely do that. And we've got a really strong relationship with Tasmania, with South Australia, with New South Wales, with Queensland, now Dallas up there. But we have, like I speak quite regularly, weekly to the heads of those fisheries in those other organisations.
0: Hey, Trav, before we do let you go, I've got to ask you this question. I know you said at the start, just off air, you've been fishing. What have you been catching? Right <laughs> yeah. see, the, CEO, the big boss of fish yeah. out there in Victoria targeting some fish. Yeah. What have you been doing and where are you heading this week?
1: Well, I'm a mad cod fisherman, so I've been up at Murchison on the and I've been flicking uh, surface lures and I've been flicking spinner baits, but I did catch my biggest cod in oh. the evening. In the, in the in the evening on a body grub off a rod that I had sitting out the front of camp. So, but I, I am heading down to Lake's entrance this weekend and I'm going to have a crack at the prawns and late tires and maybe have a go at the whiting on Sunday.
2: Trav, we appreciate your time uh, coming on the show this morning to talk Patrick,
1: all Patrick, things. Patrick, we didn't get his size
0: of the PB cod. He wants to say no. <laughs>
1: the
0: body grub cod.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, look, uh, it was 60 centimetres, but that wasn't my best. It was my the best one we had on the trip. So, oh, but uh, yeah, no, no I, I have caught a bigger cod than that, but it was wonderful.
2: 60 is what they were releasing. And Trav yeah, brought them right. down in the back of the <laughs>
1: exactly. in the back of the fisheries <laughs> ute. <youth. laughs> hey, Trav,
2: thanks so much for your time this morning. If anyone wants more information uh, on the Victorian Fisheries Authority, they've got a wonderful Facebook page as well as a terrific website with all the information you need, whether it's fish identification or it's uh, the different community engagement programs that they undertake. It's a wonderful organisation. It promotes people getting into fishing, fishing, enjoying the great outdoors and doing it with your family. So we appreciate your time this morning, Trav.
1: Always a pleasure, lads. Have a wonderful day.
2: That was gearing up for Dometic Mobile Living made easy. Red's Review for Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. It's now time for Red's review, our product review of the week, and we're focusing on the lithium battery app from BLA.
0: We are, Pat, and I don't know why I chose this because let's just say I'm not an expert at this, Pat. I spoke to Lee Rayner before the show. I'll be honest. I spoke to him. I had to get the ins and outs because he mentioned it last week, just a quick mention, and I thought we better review this. Now, real good chat with Lee. Now, Lee does a lot of, uh, inland fishing, so Mallocuda is chasing those big flaties He's 10 late tires getting brim and whatnot, so he's constantly running.
2: Stop banging. I'm just, I'm, I've got 10 minutes to go. <laughs>
0: Apologies, accepted. I can't blame you for that. So he's running his lithium battery, and now this is all from BLA, pack. So if you've got a BLA lithium battery, this app that we've just mentioned will literally hook up to the system and it will allow you to see all the details that you need to see on the day, but not just on the day, in the lead up to going fishing. Now, and, and why
2: this is important when we talk about lithium is because it's the difference between having, say, my setup on my Staby 1550. I've got twin batteries, Redman, as you know, that would weigh probably pretty much your body weight, almost they'd be closing in on 60 kilos. The advantages of lithium is you, rather than for my 24-volt um, min I can have one battery that can be between 12 and, and, and 20 kilos but still give the same life span of the, of the motor when running yep. compared to the 60 kilos of battery that I currently have. So the advantages of lithium are, are really significant. And then you add in the tech that Aaron's talking about now, and it really is a no-brainer when you're upgrading your your, your boating equipment.
0: Yeah, well, Lee Rayner sent me some photos. He sent some photos of the setup, and it's a really basic setup, Pat. Like there's literally a charger that sits just outside of it that's the size of two phones put together, and the battery's not big in itself either. Now, you've got a section on your phone that does a screen record, It records your phone, which is on the app in itself. And the like I said before, it's not just necessarily when you're using it. It's actually before you go. It tells you how much charge you're putting into the battery. It tells you what percentage the battery's at before you go as well. And it will tell you the health of the battery and also the amps that are in the battery. And this is all on the app while you're fishing. So if you're out there and you go, oh, crap, have I got an hour left on my battery? Or how long have I left? Log yep. into the app. This will literally tell you everything you need. It'll tell you temperatures. It tells you air temp. It tells you everything. So this app is uh, – I think if you are in the game of electronics with motor, uh, electric motors uh, at the front of your boat with your Minkoda or your whatever it is, make sure – that you do download the BLA app, get the lithium battery, because I think this is a game changer as in when you're away and to not just to know what you've got in the battery, but also to understand your product as well. So know how much it's using when you're actually, how much amps it's using so you can plan a good trip. So if you're going to plan a trip and you actually need to use the in a hell of a lot, and you're pushing against tide, for instance, fishing at Queenscliff, you know how much power you're going to have when you're actually using it in that tidal waters, vice versa, with non-tidal waters too, Pat.
2: Beautiful work, Redman. That is Red's Review for Club Marine, our product review of the week. That was Red's Review for Club Marine. Ensure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Check the PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. We hope you've been enjoying the show. It's time for Red's tip.
0: The tip this week, Pat, is get yourself, I'm going to call this, the measuring tube measurer. That's what it's called. <laughs> because a no, family from the York Peninsula has literally come up with one of the best ideas you could get. It's literally a fishing tube. Now, I sent you a picture to your phone there, Pat. Have a quick look at it. You that. did? It's brilliant. I mean, it is literally a tube, a bit bigger than, say, a, a whiting in width and whatnot, but it's got the measurement on it. Now, the fish slides into this tube and has it, the centimetres up from, say, 20-odd centimetres, and you can yep. measure small-scale fish, we'll call it, so, such as whiting, small flathead, small salmon, you got garfish, snook, all the likes you can measure – Perfect for kids, Redmond. Without touching the fish. This is perfect for you, not just kids. <laughs> so, is, yeah, I think this is a great. And you can buy them online, $49. The fellow by the name of Brad Snow on his social media. I don't know where else. I've tried to look for it. He's posted. They were $49. You can buy yourself a tube. I reckon you can make one. Don't rip him off. But <laughs> uh, tribute, well, a fantastic idea. And it's my tip for the week. If you don't like handling fish or if for young kids that are getting into fishing, make sure you grab yourself a Fishery measuring tubey thing, and it'll be a, it'll be an absolute cracker when you don't have to get Spiked Pat.
2: Good work, Redmond. Now it's time for the flying gaff to finish off the uh, the day, and this one is this is going to affect hundreds of thousands of people around Australia. Um, but tattoos and redheads they do not go together. And during the week, I was sent an image of a uh, of a colleague of mine um, with a a new tattoo on his arm of. Sort of marlin, and uh, it's some sort of compass. Obviously, he doesn't know how to tell the direction or what way he's going. Um, and it—it just—I'm not sure it really suited the complexion. Um, so the gaff this week is going to you, Aaron Habgood, and to redheads around the country that decide on a tattoo that's sort of darkened in its complexion because you're trying to emulate the ocean there, Redmond. And it—it it, it just looks rubbish, to be honest. And so I, 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 you know. We're, we're good friends, but friends are honest with each other, and, and this is terrible.
0: I appreciate the support. I mean, <laughs> thank you really welcomed along. I'm really listening to you too. I might actually get it taken off tomorrow. Um,
2: I, I like it because at least you you see what a marlin looks like because of your um your inability to catch them often. So you can look at your forearm and go, yep, there's a marlin. I can identify it perfectly and I can even identify what direction it's swimming in because there's a compass above it. So thanks for uh, everyone uh, listening this morning. On, if, if,
0: your name along the beak? Your name's <laughs> along the beak. <laughs> <If> you, <laughs>
2: If you see see Aaron, make sure you give him some feedback around his rubbish tattoo on his forearm. We'll see you next week.
0: It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.